Welcome. Welcome to Horror and More with Anya Gore. I am your horror mistress and your host, Anya Gore. For those who don't know me, I'm a horror model. I'm on Instagram under Anya, A-N-Y-A, underscore G-O-R-R-E. I am a horror buff, a huge horror buff. I've been watching horror movies for 30 years and I have this podcast and you're probably wondering why you should listen to me. What, why am I important? Well, first of all, if you want to know who I am and what I do aside from the podcast, go back and listen to my previous episode where I talk about who I am. I get into detail about my modeling, but the reason why you want to listen to me is First of all, I'm a horror buff. <laughs> I've been, like I said, I've been watching horror movies since I was very young. Um, and I feel like I have a good repertoire of horror knowledge. But when I started looking into horror podcasts, I really only found two genres of horror podcasting. Number one, horror movie reviews, which are amazing. Don't get me wrong, I would love to review horror movies, and I do that occasionally on this podcast, but that's not something that I'm going to be doing continuously. And then the other kind of horror podcast I found were true crime. Now, I love listening to both of those, but I wondered where I would fit into there. I don't have any personal experience with true crime, so that was out right away. And because there's so many good horror review movie podcasts, I didn't really want to do that as well. That's where I came in. And I started this without really having a specific vision for what I wanted, but I really wanted to introduce myself and my main photographer, Melissa from Malevolent Productions. We began this horror journey together, so it was natural that she was on my first episode. But in that first episode, I realized, aside from the fact that I love to hear myself talk, I think mostly anybody who does a podcast kind of does, <laughs> but I really wanted to create a voice for difficult topics, topics that we shy away from, topics that are taboo, topics that people don't really know a lot about. And I find... In my experience, a lot of people in the horror community are often people that have struggled, people that have PTSD or they have trauma, people that also deal with some of the topics that I'm talking about. And I want to be able to share information and I want you as a listener, share this, share my podcast with people that you think might benefit from hearing some of this. So that got me thinking about what those hard to discuss topics are. And I'm constantly thinking about this because there are so many, there's a never ending list of hard to discuss topics, but I have talked about polyamory with Marty. Go back and listen to that episode. I talked about fibromyalgia with Chantel, who was monster MUA on Instagram. Go back and listen to that. There's going to be a whole bunch more coming up, PTSD, mental health issues. I want to touch upon really difficult topics. And one that I'm really excited about that hasn't come out yet is going to be talking about Indigenous Lives Matter in Canada. So stay tuned for that. But today I am here to talk about 
two things with you. And it's up to you if you want to sit and listen to me, if you want to fast forward to the next topic. But the first thing I want to talk about is postpartum depression and postpartum obsessive compulsive disorder. So for those of you who do know me and follow me, you've probably heard me discuss that I've got two children. I've got an almost six-year-old and an almost four-year-old. And I have always had anxiety, so stay tuned for an episode where I'm going to get into detail about my anxiety. But after I had my first child, I had really severe postpartum obsessive compulsive disorder, postpartum OCD. And I found out during this time that a lot of people confuse this with postpartum depression. Now, I had both. And they are very, very closely linked. There is a very fine line in between the two of them. But what differentiates OCD to postpartum depression are the real subtle details. And the only reason I found that out was while I was pregnant, I was approached to be part of a woman's survey. And in this survey, they wanted to go through pregnancy with a mother who had mental health issues and who was on medication. And so we discussed being on medication while I was pregnant. Then they wanted to follow me and my journey for six months after I gave birth. And they wanted to know about my mental health. And so I had biweekly check-ins with a mental health specialist and they asked me very detailed questions and I had to be very, very honest and raw about it, which was really difficult. I think I cried almost every single time I spoke with her. But that really came out to light that I actually was struggling with postpartum OCD and depression, but I, I didn't know anything about obsessive compulsive disorder and postpartum. So basically the difference between the two was when I was struggling with the sadness, with the depression, with the not being able to get out of bed, with hearing my son cry, he had something called um, purple crying where he would start crying around 6 or 7 p.m. and he would not stop crying until midnight or 1. And I would be doing everything I could in my power. I would be feeding him. I would be burping him. I would be changing him. I would be carrying him. I would be rocking him. I would be walking around with him. I would sleep with him. I would rub his back. I Every single thing we gave him, gripe water, non-alcoholic gripe water. We gave him medication and it it was just it lasted about two months and during that time the sadness and the darkness that I felt was overwhelming to say the least having your baby cry unexplicably for eight or nine hours every single night and then you would not sleep because you would be on pins and needles and he would wake up crying you would be on pins and needles thinking, I'm doing something wrong. I am a terrible mother. I'm not providing for my child. But he was fed. He was eating. He was pooping. He was, you know, hydrated. The doctor said there was absolutely nothing wrong with him. And it, it can be a common occurrence. And during this time, aside from just sheer exhaustion. I think I would only get maybe an hour of sleep at a time. I would sleep for an hour and be up for a couple hours, sleep for an hour or two, up again with him for a couple hours, and then cycle over and over and over again. I would dread 
when the sun went down. I really would dread it. Um, so aside from all of that kind of mental, emotional exhaustion, being a first-time mom, you know, not knowing how to handle all of this, I started having dark thoughts. And these dark thoughts were not voluntary. They would just come into my brain. And what these dark thoughts consisted of was little things like, I remember seeing a neon sign flash in my mind saying, I regret you. And when that happened, I cried for days on end. I felt so much guilt because I didn't regret having him. But my brain obsessively would have these thoughts, these intrusive thoughts. And it took away from my capability of being a nurturing mother because they were so intrusive. I was obsessed with why I was thinking about this. I would have these obsessive compulsive thoughts when I would be driving him on the highway to get him to sleep. And he would sleep sometimes that I was going to get into a car accident or some, some pole was going to drag me into the middle median and we were just going to crash and die. I used to hide knives because I was so afraid that I was going to take a knife out and I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. And during my sessions with with this mental health specialist, it came to light that those kind of obsessive intrusive thoughts is postpartum obsessive compulsive disorder. And it is very common. Most women will not openly admit that they hide knives because they're concerned they're going to take it and stab their child with it. Most women will not admit that they had a vision of throwing their child off the balcony because they wouldn't stop crying. I had one mother tell me she had a vision once of dropping her child in a big pot of boiling oil. You know, these thoughts are very common and they're not talked about enough. And we, the guilt that follows with these intrusive thoughts makes us feel like, I'm a hidden psychopath. I, why am I feeling this way? Why is this coming out in this way? I would never hurt my child. And I found out that while I was having these sessions, those obsessive compulsive thoughts go hand in hand with anxiety disorder, which is what I've got, where you preemptively put yourself in the defense so that if something does happen, it doesn't come as a shock to you. And I became so fixated and so worried with this guilt and this concern that my child was going to die that it just sort of morphed itself into he was going to die by my hand. And I had to go on medication for it, which helped. But what helped the most was having someone listen and acknowledge that this was happening and this is real and there is no reason to feel guilt about it and it's not as well known as it should be postpartum depression is talked about a lot and that is fantastic but postpartum OCD is a, a kind of a darker ball game and it needs to be discussed as well so if you know someone that is struggling or has struggled please give them a hug and say I cannot believe that I, that you went through that because it is mind blowing how many dark thoughts I had. I wanted to kill myself because of these thoughts. I thought 
well, you know, if I'm hiding knives out of concern that I'm going to kill my child, I shouldn't just, I should kill myself. I shouldn't even be here. You know, this child is going to be in a better position of not being with a mother that's going to be concerned that she's going to kill him. But I'm not actually going to kill my child. But the OCD part of my brain, the unstable part, the chemical imbalanced part, could not see past that. And that was a struggle. And then I finally got out of that dark spot. And then I got pregnant with my second. And same thing. I went through my pregnancy being on anxiety medication. And then I had my daughter. And then I didn't have OCD with her, but I had very se severe postpartum depression. I felt like I didn't want to be in the family. I felt I didn't want to be with my partner anymore. I felt like I didn't love anybody. I didn't love myself. I didn't love my family. I just felt hatred for everybody and everything. And I would look at my daughter and feel disconnected. And I would say, I know that I love you, but my heart isn't booming with love like they say in the movies. And until I really embraced that and recognized that, I struggled for a very long time, about a year and a half to two years. And I had convinced myself that my marriage was over. I had convinced myself this family was going to break up, that I was just going to leave everybody. I was going to kill myself. And once I got help for that and I got on the right medication for depression this time, not OCD, but postpartum depression, everything shifted. The light came back, the darkness lifted. And in hindsight, you know, I should have gone on something right away, but I didn't. And during that time, I was yelling at everybody. I was angry. I felt resentment for everything. I felt like I, I lost myself. I was no longer a woman. I was only a mother. And I felt so angry about that. And I beg of anybody struggling or anybody that is with someone that is struggling with any mental health issues, reach out right away. Do not wait. The moment you realize that you are struggling, you need to talk to somebody. Reach out to me if you need to, a parent, a friend, you know, a therapist. And I know it can be expensive, but your mental health should be the biggest priority. If it means that you have to stop working on your car or you have to not be buying as many clothes, stop getting your nails done your mental health needs to be a priority over that. And the first thing you need to do for yourself is figure out what's going on so that you can attack it with the right help and get the right help. Then when there's a little bit of light there and that, that darkness has subsided a little bit, it may never subside. But only when you get to that point are you able to really step back and realize how much you've been struggling. You shouldn't have to struggle every second of your life. There should be breaks there. There should be moments of light. So that is my plea and my beg. Get help if you need it. Because I did, and it was really, really, really hard. It was probably the hardest thing I've dealt with, aside from the actual dark intrusive thoughts. But it made my life so much better. I don't yell at my kids like I used to. I don't have hatred towards my partner. I don't feel like I want to be out of this house 
out of this family, you know? It's life-changing when you get the help that you need. So the second topic that I'm going to talk about today, and it's one that's very near and dear for me, are the horror movie genres. I did a little bit of research on this, not a lot, because there is so much out there and you can do the research yourself. But the one website that I found that I mostly agreed with, and I'm going to touch upon from them, is from popcornhorror.com. They categorize horror into four main genres with many subgenres. So I'm going to really briefly talk about the genres, the subgenres, and then I'm going to talk about the ones that I think need to be added to the list or ones that were forgotten about. So the four main genres, you've got killers, you've got monsters, you've got paranormal and psychological. It's crazy as a horror movie watcher to hear, what do you mean only four genres? There's hundreds. There's so many different types of horror. Well, popcorn horror then categorized it into two subgenres under that with many other subgenres. The two subgenres are all are gore and disturbing and then zombies. Now, my question to you is, do you think zombies deserve their own subgenre? Are they more prevalent in horror than others, than vampires? How are they not part of the monster genre? You know what I mean? So then they broke each one down into subgenres, sub subgenres, sorry, I'm saying genres a lot here. <laughs> um, and I'm going to give you examples of the movies. So we've got Bumpkin and Redneck, which is like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Hills of Eyes. Then you've got Home Invasion and Survival which is like the strangers or you're next. You've got slasher, which is like Halloween or Friday the 13th. You've got crime, like the movie, The Girl Who Knew Too Much. Now I haven't seen that, so I can't really speak on that. But this is according to Popcorn Horror. Then the sub-subgenres sub of monsters. We've got sci-fi and aliens, such as The Thing, Alien. You've got Vampire, such as Dracula or Fright Night. You've got Werewolf, like The Wolfman or An American Werewolf in London. You've got Classic and Mythological, like Frankenstein or Leprechaun. You've got Neo-monsters, like Pumpkinhead. You've got animals in nature, like Jaws or the birds. You've got small creatures like gremlins, critters. And then you've got zombies. You've got two types of zombies. You've got the undead, Night of the Living Dead. Or you've got virus, like 28 Days Later, Resident Evil. Do you think zombies deserve their own subgenre and sub-subgenre? You let me know. I personally am not a huge zombie fan. If I'm going to watch a movie or a TV show about zombies, it's going to be rage. It's going to be 28 days later. Viral. I just, unless you're going to do something amazing like Evil Dead, which they're not categorized as zombies, I'm not really into it. I thought The Walking Dead was a very overrated show. Moving on. The ne next subgenre is paranormal, and under that is... Ghosts and spirits, like Poltergeist. We've got Haunted House, like The Haunting, 
or Amityville Horror. You've got Possession, like The Exorcist or The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Ooh, one of my biggest scares of subgenres is Possession. You've got Devil, Demon, Hell, like The Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. You've got Witches and the Occult, like Suspiria, Hereditary, The Witch. You've got Supernatural Power, like Carrie. Which one is your favorite paranormal subgenre? Let me know. Send me a message. The next genre sub and sub-subgenres are psychological. You've got phobia, like frozen, buried, arachnophobia. You've got madness and paranormal, or paranoia, my apologies, like psycho, frailty. And then... We're going to talk about the last subgenre, gore. There is torture, hostile, saw, splatter, like I spit on your grave or battle royale. You've got cannibal, which obviously cannibal holocaust, the green inferno. And then you've got extreme, which is martyrs. And if anybody knows me, they know that this is my number one extreme movie that I will tell people if, unless you can handle ultimate extreme, I am not talking human centipede extreme. This is beyond that. Then watch Martyrs. It is aside from the extreme gore. It's a beautiful movie and I, I love the story but it is by far the hardest movie I've ever watched and I will never ever be able to watch it again. I could barely stomach it. And then the other extreme example I have is a Serbian film. I have not seen this. I didn't really look into it. I've been told by a whole bunch of fans and people that, you know, if you like extreme movies, you should watch this one. Well, recently I looked into what it's about and I had to read some spoilers because I, I didn't think I was going to be able to watch this and absolutely not. I will not watch this movie, but have you watched it? I want to know, reach out to me, tell me what you thought of a Serbian film, but I do want to talk about a few subgenres for specifically that I think that they kind of missed out on. And yes, they are within their sub subgenres, but I, I think with the outset of how many horror movies there are right now, these are ones that are notable enough to have their own sub-genre genre headings. Like Revenge. You've got Old Boy, Mandy, I Spit on Your Grave, The Audition. You know, like there's... Revenge movies deserve their own sub-sub-genre. And I also think Psychopath deserves its own sub-sub-genre. House of a Thousand Corpses. I mean, yes, it could be categorized under Bumpkin and, and Redneck, but I think Psychopath deserves its own heading because you've also got Maniac, Silence of the Lambs, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, there is an endless amount of psychopaths I could go on about. And I think Jump Scare should have its own sub-sub-genre. You know, it's a mashup of jump scare movies that also can go into others like 
insidious, the conjuring, anything that is going to make you absolutely jump. And yes, they could also be melded into paranormal, ghost, demon, whatever. But I think jump scares deserves its own sub-subgenre. And last, the sub-subgenre that has really become prevalent over the past few years is social commentary horror. So I'm talking Jordan Peele's movies, Us, Get Out, Antebellum. They are so good and they are such a huge social commentary about what's going on. I, there's going to be so many more coming and I think social commentary horror needs to be its own subgenre. If not, then genre for sure. And I am so excited to see what new directors are going to come out with because even I would even social commentary put hereditary in there with mental illness, you know, Ari Aster's movies could also be in there. I, I challenge you to think about the horror movies that you're watching when you're watching it next, categorize it in your head, categorize it. What, what genre is this? And what subgenre is this? Let's start thinking about horror in terms of where it was coming from, why it was written, who it was supposed to appeal to, 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 and figure out what your favorite is. I personally love Witches in the Occult. That is one of my by far absolute favorites. I also love Psychopaths. And then you can also, while you're doing all of that, you can really define what you don't like. I'm not into zombies. I'm not into vampires. I'm not saying that there aren't good movies and TV shows out there about them. But just overall, they don't inspire me. I'm bored. You know? So listen to this episode today. I hope that you have really taken away that if you're struggling mentally, please do something for yourself and get some help. And then secondly, I hope you really think about these, all these genres and the subgenres that are within this horror umbrella, because it is very interesting. And when you find your favorite horror genre, do some research, find some amazing movies, post about them. Let's spread the word of all of the amazing genres that are out there. Signing off your horror mistress. Anya. <laughs>